listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. What is going on? Welcome to the Gambling with Gold. Uh, my name is Jason Gold. I'm here with Dan Titus. We are here to talk about the NFC North. Another terrible division, but a lot of exciting bets to make on this division. Can't wait to get into it. Dan, how you doing on this Tuesday, August 16th? Is it really terrible? Are we defining this division as terrible? I think this is one of our sleeper divisions, but I'm doing good, man. Um, Tuesday, more football to be played. Um, we're getting that much closer to the season, man. So it couldn't be couldn't be hype, more hype to uh talk more uh player props and division uh division odds this uh beautiful Tuesday afternoon. All right. So obviously off the top, I forgot what the hell show I'm on because I keep posting Danny Dozen every morning. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I was like, Dave, you're doing so many. It's like, oh, Dude. shit, is this – which gambling with go- – uh, uh, wait, um, Daily Dozen? So, yeah, so uh, I keep thinking about Daily Dozen, and I'm looking at the bottom of our screen right now. So $10 first deposit bonus if you use the code Daily Dozen right now. You have until 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern to lock in your MLB picks. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we'll have NFL preseason slates. We're fully into the swing of gambling here at champions round. Also a lot of fun stuff coming down the road. We have an NFL uh, fantasy draft guide by Dan Turner. that is going to come out later this week or the beginning of next week. We have a new fantasy game mode that we're going to debut on September 1st. A lot of cool things happening at champions round. A lot of fun ways to play fantasy, play a little gambling game, all sorts of good stuff. So be sure to download that app and use the promo code daily dozen to get that first deposit bonus. All right. Let's jump into the NFC North here. Odds to win the division currently at DraftKings. Uh, Green Bay, minus 190. Minnesota, plus 265. Detroit, plus 1,000. Chicago, plus 1,400. Win totals for each team. Packers, 11. Minnesota at 9. Detroit at 6.5. And And Chicago also at 6.5, but minus 190 towards the under there, something we will talk about in a little bit. Playoff odds for each team. Green Bay, minus 500. To make the playoffs, plus 350. To miss the playoffs, Minnesota minus 115 and minus 105. Detroit plus 400 to get in, minus 550, not to make it. And the Chicago Bears plus 450 to make it, minus 650 to not make it. Do any of those odds jump out to you? Um, I know that we talked about a lot on the Vikings. I know that you and I are both very high on that team in Minnesota this year. Yeah, I think that that's the team that I'm going to get behind here. I like their eight and a half wins. I'm going to take the over on that. You know, we talked about Warren Sharp's um, strength of schedule. Right now, they are squarely number number 16, 16 on that list. So, like, they're, yep. they're middle of the pack here. But I think this team's going to rise in this division here. And I think we're going to see the Packers take a bit of a step back. I know it's it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers and what he's done and dominated in this division. But I don't know, man. Something about his energy and that Con Air Nick Cage vibes or something. I think it's gonna <laughs> take a little bit of time for him to to get into this new look wide receiver offense without one of the best target red zone targets he's we've probably seen in this decade, easily in Devontae Adams. So um there's a lot of young bucks in the wide receiver room, and I think he's gonna have to get adjusted to that. I think we'll see Aaron Jones probably getting a lot more uh reps as a receiver as well. But um, I don't think it's just gonna be easy cakewalk here for the Packers like it's been in years past. I think we're going to see the Minnesota Vikings surprise here. So I like their eight over eight and a half, but I also like them, you know, with, with the Packers so juiced up to like upwards of minus minus one eighty, minus minus one ninety to win this division. 
I think it's better value betting on the the Vikings to out to um to uh, take it over at plus two sixty five. So um, that's another bet that I really like. Okay, so I guess we'll just jump off the top with one of my bets here. So I bet over eight and a half minus one forty for the Vikings. I love that pick. I still love that pick. I think that them to make the playoffs minus one fifteen is a really yep. nice bet too. In terms of them winning the division here. So the plus 265 is enticing. That's something that we had talked about on shows previously. But I do think that there's a better angle here than the plus 265. Now, it might be on the margins, but all yeah. of these margins matter when it comes to making these picks. Even For if sure. it's getting a plus 320 instead of a plus 265, all of this matters. We're all about value here, again, with gold. So I bring you this. Why not bet the exact two? Top order. Vikings. Oh, look at you but- adopting the top two. I like it. Let's Vikings go. first, Green Bay second. I think that if Vi- the Vikings are going to win this division, it's very clear that the Green Bay Packers are going to be second. As much as I think that you and I are both a little high on the Lions this year, right. I don't think that there's any way in which they finish second in the division over the Packers. No. We might be a little down on the Packers, but probably not going to happen. Not, so, not, not, not going to take that leap. So the Vikings to finish first, Green Bay Packers to finish second. You move that plus 265 to plus 315 at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit extra value, extra 50 bucks in your pocket for putting $100 on the line. I think that personally, if you're going to bet the Vikings to win the division, don't bother betting that. Just bet that plus 315 exact order because that's what's going to happen if the Vikings win this division. I totally agree. And um, you've convinced me, man. I I definitely believe that that will be the case. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'm now now you got me looking at this exact order again. I'm like, ooh, Vikings, Here we go. Packers, Lions, Bears. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, that's looking like ten to one. Interesting. I'm uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. I might have to look at that again, man. But I, I like where you're going with that. The exact two, uh, top two. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk about the Lions and the Bears in a little bit. I want to start off one. Let's run through the strength of schedules here. You mentioned it off the top. So Green Bay has the 15th easiest schedule. Minnesota 16th. The Detroit Lions have the fifth easiest schedule. And the Chicago Bears have the fourth easiest schedule. So from the Bears perspective, the six and a half, I'm going to hold on it. I have a point on here, but let's talk about the Green Bay Packers off the top. Uh, So the Green Bay Packers obviously lost Devontae Adams. Don't know what we're going to have at wide receiver. What do you think that that offense is going to look like this season? What do you think their potential is? And do you think that they're going to lean more on the running game? And, let, you know, they, they really built up this defense. And if Jair Alexander is healthy and a lot of their young guys that they drafted in the first round this year step up, this could be a really elite defense. Um, so do you think it's more of a running defense and then like Aaron Rodgers over the top type of team? And do you think that they can have success this season with that sort of uh, methodology? I do, because I think that that's what Matt LaFleur has been displaying over the years here. You know, they have never prioritized wide receiver, but I guess you don't really have to when you have a guy like Devontae Adams. But um, I think it was intentional with them uh, getting a, a hand, uh, call it a handcuff or a 1B in, in A.J. Dillon and getting him so involved, ramping up his workload over the course of the last couple of years here. And um, one of my best bets this offseason has been A.J. Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to yep. smash it over. Um but I do think that they can establish the run, and that's really what they're going to do. To uh, I mean, they have a good offensive line, so um, there's no reason to force the issue and, and become a pass-happy offense if that's not your identity. And, you know, it's going to take Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's already been uh, hyping up Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs? 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 
he's he's gonna win some. Either dubs way, he's, he's he's catching. He's getting dubs in that in the red zone, right? So um, Christian Watson just got off of the pup list, so we'll see how he's going to kind of fit in. But you know, he's obviously playing catch up. But you do have a couple of sure hands there in Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. You know, we don't. I'm not banking on Sammy Watkins to last through a whole season here, but he's a veteran, and I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy of trust. He's got Aaron Lazard, Alan Lazard there as like his main guy. That's the carryover from the the previous season. So I don't know. I think that this offense will certainly still be dangerous, but I think it's going to take a step back, and I think we're going to see them more relying on the run. Um, being that you have two really good backs to 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 really uh, you know run run the ball really. So. Um, I think that's really going to be their their path to success here is run the ball, and then once that opens up, then you hit you hit your playmakers, and that's what Aaron Rodgers has been doing consistently over the last several years. He's pretty much guaranteed to throw for four thousand yards and like, you know, anywhere from twenty eight to forty touchdowns. So, if that's your floor, I think that that's that's a great starting point uh, for a good season. Do you have any concern with the offensive line issues right now that Bakhtiari isn't back at left tackle, and then Jenkins on the other side is still dealing with an injury? They might come into the season without their two top tackles. And if you're planning on running the ball and that's going to be your identity and then Rodgers yeah. is going to pass off of that, you might be in a world of hurt. And then, I mean, you don't have your blind side. Look, it worked last year. I guess it's kind of worked the last two years because Bakhtiari really hasn't played in uh, two years consistently. And Rodgers right. still managed to do it. And if you're going to trust any quarterback, it is Rodgers. But at the end of the day, you still got to protect the quarterback and you got to create running lanes. So for me, that's a huge concern heading into the season. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. I mean, I think it's it's interesting looking at their schedule here because they start off with the divisional matchup versus the uh, the Vikings, um, and then they head to the Bears, and then the Bears come home. So, you know, I think that they actually, and then they go Tampa Bay, New England. Uh, they got some really winnable games here in the middle of their schedule here before they hit their bye week. So, I think that they're actually be a team that's going to hit their stride midway, and then. Uh, I think we'll see this offensive line get healthier as the, as time wears on here, but I'm not overly concerned because Aaron Rodgers, just his stature in the game here. Like he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, even if their line isn't ideal or as good as it has been in the past. I think they'll still be successful. Um, it's the end of the schedule to me that I'm like, Ooh, gets a little, gets a little dicey. So as I was reading through Warren Sharp's book, uh, which I encourage all of you to go read if you're a true degenerate gambler or NFL fan in general. One of the interesting notes at the end was Green Bay has the worst schedule in the NFL when it comes to net rest edge. So how much rest they have coming into a game versus the other team, the worst in the NFL in terms of schedule. So they may have the 15th easiest schedule in terms of uh, projected win-loss record in Vegas. However, in terms of net rest edge, that is going to be a huge difference. Uh, and I think it really could hurt them, especially coming down yeah, later that could in the hurt season. Your offensive line. You're right. Ex exactly. Uh, one of the other things that I was interested in the Packers was so last year, or I guess the last couple of years, the Green Bay Packers are seven and zero without Devontae Adams in the lineup. And I'm wondering if that is more of a <clears throat> that Matt Lafour was designing an offense, knowing that Adams wasn't there and was able to pick it up in those seven games. Was it opponent based, or is that something more indicative of how? the Green Bay Packers can be successful without Devontae Adams. Personally, I think it's overblown, but I can see the angle being like, look, they can win without Adams. They've proved it. Now they're going to double down on what worked in those games, and it could be successful this season. And what were those teams that Devontae Adams was absent against? That's part I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, they were willing to let him walk, right? Like, 
so I, I think that they do have some kind of a system design that they could be effective without him. Um, what that scheme looks like, I, I think it's more usage to the skill positions like Aaron Jones. Like he's going to be very busy receiving, rushing, doing it all. And I was looking at one of his player props. I think his rushing receiving sin at 1300 and a half. Um, it's pretty close to it last year, but he blew through it the two previous years before that. Um, I think he's going to be heavily involved and he's going to be the guy that that's really going to be the, I would say the go-to weapon for Aaron Rodgers without Devonte Adams, there. red zone um, between the seams and Alan Zars got to make a huge step up, but like, I don't, it's interesting, man. I, I just got to wonder about the wide receiving group and if they're going to be able to, to hold it down for him. Cause if they don't, and he has no time to throw or, you know, there's miscommunication on routes, timing, that could be the end of their demise. And that's what we need as, you know, Vikings truthers here uh, to really see them, you know, oversee them in this division. The other thing with the Packers that's interesting to note is since they got Matt LaFleur, they have the most wins above expected in the NFL, AKA their Pythag record is way yeah. better than anyone else in the NFL. Do we think that that regresses this season or do we think that's more symptomatic of the fact that in these close games, one score games at the end, they have Aaron Rodgers and you don't. And that is just going to naturally lead you to get more wins than expected because you have a quarterback of that caliber. I'd say that's a concern. That's definitely a risk. Um, luck definitely plays a factor, but I mean, he's a veteran. So I think there's certain plays that he makes that other people can't, but he's also another year older. Doesn't have the, the reliability of what he had before. Um, the defense, I think held him back a lot last year, you know, not having Yair Alexander for a portion of the season certainly was a weakness for them. So they're, the fact their defense is coming back healthier than last year, I think that that's a good thing. Um, so if the offense does take a slight step back, at least the defense can um, at least support them in those close situations. But the Packers, I feel like the Packers are going to fall off, man. Like I, if I can't get behind them to get um, their their uh, win total was what, 10 and a half or 11 and a half? 11, 11 on the dot. 11 on the dot. Yeah, see, uh, no, man, they, they're going to take a step back. I don't. I'm going to bet I'm going to fade him this year. And I don't know how far that drop off is going to come. Maybe it's 10 wins and that's still very solid, but I don't know. I just, I just think that this team isn't going to be as good as they were in years past. And I think we saw it kind of crumble in the playoffs last year. Like that offense was just sputtering, man, just didn't do anything. And I don't know if that was, you know, the contract situation, what, whatever was looming with the front office, but like all of that energy is still coming in to this season. So like, I don't, I don't think we can just absolve, everything that happened in the past and say like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is the goat. So, you know, they're going to be great again. No, it was I think, also I think other, other teams got better in this division and they've been hunting them down. And now it's going to be the time they got to, they're actually going to show out a little bit. To be fair to the Packers, at least a little bit, that game was like the coldest, windiest game in the history of NFL playoffs. So a little dicey for them to get the, uh, the, the passing game going at all. The only thing that worked for them was AJ Dillon in the first quarter. Um, I guess my last question on Green Bay is, do you think that the way that they're going to play with more of a running game, more emphasis on defense is going to lead them potentially to have more success in the, in the playoffs if they get there? And it's minus 500 for them to get the playoffs. I think that you and I probably both agree that they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, the worst case wild card situation. So do you think that the way that they're going to play this season makes it more likely that they can have success in the playoffs or less likely because you don't have the special X factor of Devontae? Um, there's question marks in this, in the NFC in general. So Tom Brady, we, you've been on record. You think he's going to have a, a down year. Um, 
The guy's not even playing. He's he's. I don't know what he's doing. We don't know what he's doing. The guy does not even play football. We don't know what he's doing. (laughs) He's got his assigned absence. He's good. Um, approved absence. Um, Matthew Stafford's got elbow issues. I don't know how significant it is, but it's an elbow issue for the for the defending champ. Um, the Eagles, I think, are going to be pretty good. But I don't know that, you know, there's definitely going to be questions. What does is, what is Jalen Hurts look like in the playoffs after what we saw last year? Exactly. Um, the Cowboys have their question marks. Uh, every, Vikings I think, in the Super Bowl? Is that what dude, we're saying? Vikings in the Super Bowl? I'm just saying <laughs> that this is wide. I think it's more wide open than it's been in the past. So if Aaron Rodgers happens to catch steam again late in the season, I think it's in the realm of possible that they could – Surprise, especially if their defense remains healthy. But I'm not really willing to bet it right now. Like I, I want to see it. I want to see it before I'm I'm jumping to those conclusions. Um, but I do think if it's gonna happen, this would be a good time for it because I, I think there's questions at the top of the division of who's really gonna be the best team in the NFC when it comes to playoff time. All right, let me final point on the Packers, then we're gonna move on to the Vikings. Yeah. If the Packers make it to the Super Bowl this season in Arizona. I am betting the shit out of the Packers to win the Super Bowl. And I can tell you why. Aaron Rodgers loves that stadium. Every time he goes and plays the Arizona Cardinals in that stadium, he puts up a 45 burger. Go back and look at it. Even last year, when I think they had like 18 guys on COVID, he was the only guy out there. They still won. He doesn't lose in that stadium. And if he does, it's on like that miracle uh, Larry Fitzgerald play, but he made the play to get to (laughs) overtime. So I can just tell you, I'll just predict six months from now. If they're in the Super Bowl in Arizona, I'm betting the Packers. That's all I got. Uh, I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Let's go on to uh, the Minnesota Vikings this year, a team that we are incredibly high on for a multitude of reasons. I'm just going to run through every bet that I have on the Vikings and tell me where I'm wrong because I'm not wrong, but that's okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins to lead the league in passing. I bet this is plus 5,000. It's now plus 2,500. Even at DraftKings, it's down to plus 1,800. So, value. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, plus 2,000. We talked about that. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, Coach of the Year, plus 2,000. We'll circle back on that. Minnesota, to win the division, I bet it plus 255 or something like that. Now I have this other plus 315 in there. Make the playoffs minus 115. Over 8.5 wins, minus 140. Kirk Cousins, another one that I like. Over 12.5 interceptions this season. Because they're going to be chucking the rock. He's going to be throwing the ball. So over yeah. 12 and a half uh, interceptions this year. And I actually think, despite the fact that I think he's going to play really well this season, I do think that there's value if you can find it on Kirk Cousins to lead the NFL in interceptions this season. I saw it at plus 1,700 before. Kind of like that too. Um, it's almost like a little Jameis Winston-ish. Uh, lead the league in passing and interceptions. Classic Jameis move. Uh, I think that's all I have on the Vikings right now, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more before the season's over. Yeah, that was uh I mean you covered a majority of mine. I'm on um Kirk Cousins to lead the league in passing. I also like Derek Carr, but that's a story for another day. Um I, I've been on Justin Jefferson to lead the league in receiving. Uh I see that's now at plus eight hundred. I got that at plus nine hundred, so not much value movement there, but he does have the shortest odds to do that. Uh no need to go into why we think that because Kevin O'Connell, obviously the system uh, is definitely gonna bode well for for pass catchers. Um, the other one I was looking at was also, uh, Dalvin cook, um, rushing TDs, um, you know, really just didn't have much touchdown luck last year. I think that that's going to positively regress here. Um, so, I mean, he's at sitting at nine, over nine and a half at plus money. 
I think he's going to have double digits uh, for how much this offense is going to be moving the ball, pushing the ball down the field. I think we're, he's going to see double digits um, rushing for sure. Um, didn't get in the Kevin, o the, the Kevin O'Connell um, coach of the year, but I could definitely see it if they can, if they can overtake this division, he's certainly going to be in the conversation. And, and if they can get to, you know, 10, 11 wins, um, especially with the, the eight and a half expected, I think that there's certainly value there too. So, um, yeah, I love this Vikings team fantasy wise, betting wise. Like I think they're going to, this is going to be a, a really good show, um, to watch. Okay. So the Vikings, the NFC gets an extra, uh, home game this season, which I think is worth noting for the Vikings win total over. They have a great nest net rest advantage. One of the best in the NFL yeah. this season, they okay. get nine home games, excluding the 2020 season. Since they opened us bank stadium in Minneapolis, they're 36, 18 and four against the spread at home. They have an incredible home fan base and advantage at home. Uh, and I think that because they get the nine home games this season, you're going to see them go like six and three, seven and two at home this year, which should put us well in range of getting this. Whether you want to bet it at eight and a half, nine. I've seen some nine and a halfs out there. You're just not getting good value. I still think they're going to go over it, but I probably wouldn't bet it anything above nine at this point. Fair. Minus 115 for the playoffs. I think that's going to be really good. Why don't we talk about what has happened in the offseason? Uh, Kevin O'Connell bringing over the Rams system, which we all think is going to be great for the sort of players that they have. Adam Thielen should have a good season. All the reports out of camp is that he looks like him old, his old self. Justin Jefferson's going to go right into this Cooper Cup mode. That couldn't be any more perfect for him. They're going to throw the ball so much, especially on first down. O'Connell in that Rams system is relatively unpredictable, which is going to be great for their offense. The reports on left tackle Christian Darasaw is that he's like the next coming of Trent Williams at this point. I don't believe that, but he's that, that's a lot really, of really good. Height. <laughs> it's a lot of hype. Uh, but everything on their offensive side, and look, they, they probably have issues at tight end and who their third wide receiver is going to be, although we saw K.J. Osborne step up last season a little bit, and he should have a relatively decent season. I'm worried about the tight end a little bit, but in terms of they have a good backup running back, Alexander Madison, we've seen every time that he comes in for Dalvin Cook, he basically does just as good of a job. No concerns on that end. I think this offense should end up being a top 10 offense in the NFL this season. I would not be surprised if it ends up being a top five offense in this season. Uh, is there anything about the Vikings offense that overly concerns you? Obviously, there's some concerns about what's the ceiling for Kirk Cousins. Uh, but that's kind of it. It's like if, if O'Connell can get the best out of Kirk Cousins, let's say he gets 70% of what Matthew Stafford produced for the Rams last season, this team's going to be awesome. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm buying into this. I'm buying into this offense. So like to me, I, I'm trying to look at from a devil's advocate perspective of like what could fail. I think you're right. It probably would be a Kirk, this falling on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins. I mean, this dude's been playing on a one-year deal for like the last, what, two, three seasons. Like I feel like he's extra motivated to, to get, he's eventually going to want a long-term deal. I would imagine for how much money, you know, Kyler Murray's getting and, and Deshaun Watson and, and et cetera. So um, this is a prove it opportunity, another prove it opportunity, but I think Zimmer was holding him back. Oh yeah. And if you move from a defensive scheme or a defensive minded head coach to an offensive minded head coach, to me, I think that just raises your ceiling. So for as good as Kirk Cousins was last year, um, you know, over 30 touchdowns, single digit interceptions. Uh, I think this is going to be even more promising for them. And, you know, you look at Dalvin Cook, 
great weapon. You still have some insurance behind him and Alexander Madison. You're getting a healthy Adam Thielen. Sure, he's another year older, but this dude is a red zone beast. That's all he does is catch touchdowns. Um, Irv Smith, unfortunately, but like he wasn't really a blocking tight end anyway. He was more of a, a receiving guy. So mm-hmm. um, I think that this offense is just, yeah, it's really going to be on Kirk Cousins for how how far they go. So if he's healthy, um, committed, I think not having the COVID stuff to have to deal with as much won't put as as much pressure on him to succeed. Um, I think this this offense is going to take a step a step forward um, this season. So yeah, I, I'm just excited about it. So I, I can't really see too many knocks, um, especially when if you're if you're getting your right tackle that's giving compared your left tackle compared to Trent Williams, even if that's gas, like that's still a pretty damn positive report, man. And if you can protect them, that's what that's what's going to take for them to be successful. So if you got that covered, and um, I actually like what they did on we didn't talk about their defense, but you know I think signing Jordan Hicks was actually an underrated signing. That dude's gotten triple digit tackles in the last last uh, two or three seasons, I think. Um, had double digit sacks, so that that's another thing that they they could have improved upon last year, and that will certainly help their rise in this division. Is like, can your defense come to play against these better teams like the Packers? And I think you know um, that's certainly a great start for them. So um, I like what they're doing there. Um, I'm on this Vikings team, man. The defense is the the biggest key to me. How good can they be if they're yeah. a you know, if they're a bottom half of the league defense, it might be a little bit of an issue. If they're middle of the pack, I, I think that this team gets 10 or 11 wins relatively easily. The big concern to me is on the back end. Like you have Patrick Peterson on one side. Okay, he's old, but he can still do okay. There have been good reports out of Cameron Dantzler thus far uh, in camp. But that's the big concern is can anyone hit them over the top? And in this division, you know, the, the Bears aren't doing shit. The Lions, okay, maybe they have some guys, but it's not really an over-the-top team. Goff hates passing the ball deep, so not really scared there. And the Packers, they lost Devontae Adams and MVS, the guy who takes yeah. the top off. So I'm not as concerned. I think that those six games in the division, they should probably go, oh, that was another bet that I had. Uh, Vikings over three and a half wins in the division this season. Love that. That's a classic Dan bet right there. 4-2, <laughs> man. That, I, I I see it. Like, if... Four and two is, is definitely within reach, man. I love that bet. All right. Why don't we move on to the Detroit Lions? The uh, the Dan Campbells, the fighting Dan Campbells, loves to see them on hard knocks. My biggest concern with them right now is they're getting too much juice in the market because they're on hard knocks. And everybody yeah. loves Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and Deuce Daly. That was my favorite thing I think I've ever seen on hard knocks, or one of them, was the two of them going back and forth. I absolutely loved it. Those two are electric. They need their own television show in Detroit. Definitely do. Um, I love that. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, that's really the only angle that I'm really been buying into the Detroit Lions. Um, I still feel like they're like a year away. I, I love what they've done in their offensive line to protect Jared Goff, but also um, I think they have a really solid offense here. Um, you know, you got a Ross St. Brown who really emerged from weeks 13 um, to the end of the season last year. Granted, that could have been probably because TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift were battling injuries, but I still think that he's going to be a good bet. Um, I think his rece- reception total is at 78 and a half. I like the over on that. I think he's going to get at least 80. Um, but you also look at their, they brought in DJ Shark. Um, I think that this offense is just going to be better. It's just a matter of like, you know, they eked out a couple of nice wins last year. Can this defense step up? And, you know, from what I've seen from Hard Knocks and just 
Dan Campbell being Dan Campbell, he motivates these guys. And I think people like you have people in the locker room that really want to win that come from a winning environment like Jamal Williams. Um, I think there's something to be inspired about this Detroit team. I think that they'll exceed um, their win total here. Was that six and a half? Six, six and a half. Yep. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel all right about that. Um, I might, I'm, I think I'm going to take the over. Uh, my lean is to take the over on six and a half wins, man. I think this team's going to be better than they were last year. My concern about this team is primarily defensively. Let's talk yeah. about the offense for a second. Jared Goff, obviously is going to be the thing that holds it back. If anything's going to happen there, but <clears throat> we have Dan Campbell who took over play calling at the end of the season last year from Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was really, really conservative, was running the ball yeah. a lot on first down with yeah. De- uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Not going to be the case this season. When Dan Campbell took over, they went heavy aggressive early on in the game, passing on first down a ton, which I think is really good. And I think it's probably being undervalued in the market right now, especially in the early season lines, how aggressive they could be offensively on yeah. first down passing and passing the ball down the field, which is something that Campbell's going to want. And now that Deuce Staley is going to want here. So I would bet one of the things that I wrote down was I want to bet on the Lions as big dogs early in the year. And I want to bet overs because I still don't trust this defense, but I think this offense is going to be way more productive than probably people think. So like week one against Philly at home, they're plus four and a half. Look, Philly's going to be a really good team this year, but I kind of like that plus four and a half. And I really like the over in that game for sure. Uh, and I think there's going to be value for a couple weeks until the market adjusts on the Lions there. This is a top five, top seven offensive line in the NFL this season with Penny mm-hmm. Sewell locking down the left side and some of the other parts that they have there. Uh, good running game, two solid running backs. We both expect John Jerry Swift to probably have a pretty good season and Jamal Williams to have a good season as well. We like all their wide receivers. I like the addition of DJ Shark to take the, the top off a little bit. Uh, Amon Ra was great last year. They're going to get Jameson Williams back at some point. Hawkinson's yeah. healthy. Uh, as long as Goff is able to keep it together and they kind of mix in their aggressiveness versus running the ball and get that kind of mix right, I would anticipate that this is a pretty, pretty decent offense. Now, on the defensive side, yes, they have Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, they brought in some okay pieces. This defense, take more. Could, get, his defense could get torched this season. The cornerbacks are an issue. All of their secondary is an issue. I don't really love any of their linebackers. They might get to the quarterback a little bit more with Hutchinson, but this seems to me like a team that is going to be in a lot of you know thirty to seven twenty uh, thirty to twenty seven games during the course of the season. Yeah, that's kind of what they were last year. Like this Detroit team, no matter how bad they got down, man, they just wind up making these third, fourth quarter comebacks to make it interesting. Um, I did think that it was it was cool, or at least a little bit more interesting that they have the second best edge in terms of rest advantage this season, according to Warren Sharp, um, only behind the Bills. So um, I know injuries definitely came up as a problem last year. So, you know, maybe with, you know, that 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 little advantage there, they could eke out a couple more wins here because um, they did they did lose a couple, quite a few games last year by a pretty small margin. So, um, you know, if you have this that coaching motivational tutelage here, you, you ramp up on offense, maybe you can steal a couple games. Uh, to make up for that defense that, you know, ultimately could fail you. My concern with betting the six and a half over, and there's a lot of good things. We, we like the offense. The schedule is really easy. The net rest advantage is easy. <clears throat> we like their new uh, offensive coordinator. We think it'll be aggressive. So a lot of good yeah. points here. If they double their win total from last year, they're still under six and a half wins. So <laughs> if, if this defense is really that bad, it's my kind of concern. And my other concern is everybody's betting the over right now. And I, yeah, I tend could, to lean yeah. to be contrary in the market. And I think that the, you know, that hard knocks bump, the hard knocks hype, 
<laughs> I don't. I can't really do it. It would not be one of my favorite bets. If I had to lean, like You're I wrote, hard down, not my, tight. <laughs> my my prediction for this team, I have it at six point eight wins. Uh, so lean towards seven. I wouldn't bet the under, but I, I'm just not sure I can pull the trigger on the over. Their opening season, I think their first two games were the the Eagles and I mean, it's the Packers or something like that. I think they're going to start zero and two. This might be something that you want to uh, bet Eagles live. Eagles and Commanders, actually. So I think they could. They oh, might go okay. One so and one, one and one there. Okay. Maybe I was thinking of the Bears. Uh, but then it gets. Here. But then it gets a little. Oh uh, no. Then they go. They travel to Minnesota. Then they got Seattle. It's kind of like yeah. Up until the Back week. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Up until just, the week seven, that's when it gets kind of interesting. So disregard there. Uh, if you want to bet that total, I would probably bet it now. Then uh, is there any? What's like the biggest concern that you have for the Lions this season? Um, biggest concern for the Lions. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think it's it's really on the back of of, George, of Jared Goff. Um, he's he completes a lot of passes, but can he get it downfield and not turn over the ball? Um, fumbles a lot when they get pressure. So hopefully the offensive line that you just um, invested in can can protect that and and, and stop that from happening. But uh, yeah, I think it's really going to be cutting down the turnovers and Jared Goff remaining healthy throughout the season. Um, because without this offense, this, this, this team is just going to struggle. So we've already talked about the deficiencies on defense. Um, I don't want to put it on Deandre Swift and, and TJ Hawkinson. Cause I think that those, them, those guys getting hurt last year certainly impacted their performance on the field. But I think Jared Goff's going to be m- even more important uh, for him to stay upright. All right, let's move over to the Chicago bears who are plus 1400 to win the division. Their win total six and a half minus one ninety under. So everyone and their mother in the market wants to bet this under on the Chicago Bears. I do too. It makes a ton of sense. <laughs> My giant concern here is why is this number six and a half? Everybody's betting on them to have the worst record in the NFL. They did nothing offensively to help Justin Fields. It's a new defensive head coach. Their offensive coordinator. I don't even know where the hell they plucked him from. What they're going to do here. <laughs> Their best wide receiver is Darnell Mooney, and then it's 25-year-old Velas Jones, uh, Cole Komet. They're, David Montgomery's okay. Their offensive line stinks. They already want to trade away Tevin Jenkins. I don't know what this team is, and they didn't get better defensively. They lost guys like Khalil Mack. They're, this team should, in theory, be like 3-14. and 14. I love Justin Fields. I have a bet on him to go over three and a half rushing touchdowns this season. I think his total for rushing yards this season is like 425 and a half or something like that. Love the over on that. But I don't understand this number at all, which scares the crap out of me. How are they going to get to seven wins this season? They have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. That may help them. Other than that, I please explain to me why this number is like this. I'm still I'm going through the schedule looking at it. I'm like, where where are seven wins wins coming from, man? Like I I, I don't even I'm not convinced they can beat Detroit twice. They I I mean I don't even know if they could be. I mean, maybe they could beat the Texans, but like that's not a sure bet. The Giants, that's not a sure bet. I don't. I mean, their their strength of schedule is definitely boosted because they're playing the NFC East. But you know, I think that the Giants are going to be better. I don't know what I'm thinking about the Commanders. I think they could actually end up being one of the worst teams too. Um, but yeah, six and a half for the Bears. You know, as much as I want to be optimistic that you know in the games where. Um, you know, they led the reins off of Justin Fields. He was, you know, a pretty competent quarterback, but dude, he's got no weapons. And like David Montgomery, I think he's going to probably start losing some, some snaps to Khalil Herbert. 
or uh, Ebner, who's been kind yeah. of popping off in preseason. Um, you know, he does have the mobility to get him up the field, but you lost Khalil Mack. Like, that's your late, that's your edge rusher. Um, I don't – the team didn't get – you said it best. The team didn't get better. They didn't make any reasonable additions. Their draft picks were, like, mediocre. And you still got a, a guy like Justin Fields who, like, didn't totally have – I don't know. It didn't seem like he convinced the coaching staff that he was ready for it last year. They kind of just thrusted him in there. He figured it out, but he doesn't have enough around him to really go anywhere here. Like Darnell Mooney. Cool. Awesome. Byron Pringle. Yeah. Cole Komet. Like there's not enough weapons here, man. So unless they're going to run the ball, control the clock and not make mistakes, which is definitely going to happen for a a young QB like Justin Fields. Like I just don't see where they're going to get real off seven wins here. It doesn't make any sense to me, which is why I'm scared to bet it, and I probably won't bet it. Because stay I, away, I'm, man. I don't want to. I don't want to touch the Bears for anything. Not fantasy. It, not betting. Like I, I'm good. I, I'll. I'll watch if they succeed. Hey, cool. You guys are right, but that just it scares me, man. That's a trap. They have no draft capital because of the Justin Fields trade, right. and so now they're trying to recoup some of it with any spare part they can. So they want to trade che- Tevin Jenkins. Maybe they'll get a fourth or a fifth round pick from there. Roquan yeah. Smith is holding out because they don't believe in him. Basically, they don't want to pay him. Right. They say they want. They would say they want to. They say they want to keep him because obviously this is their best defensive player. But if they end up trading him for like a second round pick or something, maybe yeah, you get right. a first from it. Yeah, you're just progressively getting worse. Ryan Poles walked into a really difficult situation. Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy really put them in a bind here. Nagy. Maybe maybe they get a huge bump from not having Nagy and his terrible play calling. Maybe. Yeah. They're and I think they get a little bit better, yeah. And I think that Eberflus is uh, was a very competent defensive coordinator for the Colts. I think he seems like to me a grown up, which may help. <laughs> I don't know what his in game uh, coaching style is going to be for them, but maybe you get a bump from that. I'm just trying to think of all the ways it could be positive. Obviously, to get to seven wins is going to have to be a huge jump from Justin Fields, which I could see happening. But they didn't do anything to help him. That offensive line is still not very okay. good. You have no real weapons. Your best weapon is Justin Fields running the ball on the ground. And he, when Justin Fields ran last year, they averaged like 4.7 yards per carry, and the rest of it was like 3.65. Mm-hmm. So Fields is going to run the crap out of the ball this season. I, I don't know. That's kind of the only angle that I can think about the, the Bears. I really, really want to hammer this under at minus 190. I Just that number is so stupid to me that like I think that Vegas knows something that I don't quite pick up on. Is there any other angle that you can see? Like, I mean, if we go into like divisional wins or if we go. Yeah, I I have Chicago under two and a half NFC North wins. That makes sense to me. I could, I could, I could. Yeah, that's, uh, that's reasonable. Under two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. They're losing both of the Packers for sure. They're probably split with the Lions. That's one. And if they split with the the Vikings, that's one. They're two and four at best. And that's still giving, yeah. And that's still giving them some, if we're that high on the the Minnesota Vikings, they shouldn't be losing that game. But exactly. But that's like a classic Vikings loss. Like they'll they'll drop, they'll drop one to the Bears for no, absolutely no reason in some sort of weather game at Soldier Field. But that's about it. So the best I can get to is two and four. Do you think that the Bears have, one of the worst defenses in the NFL? No, I don't think it's one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I still think they have peace. And I, like I said, I think that Eberflus is a really competent defensive coordinator and he'll put them in good positions to succeed. Even without uh, also, Roquan, potentially? 
even without Roquan, remember Soldier Field. We've talked about or we've seen yeah, it's, how yeah, it's how tough. bad that yeah tough place to play. Cold, windy, can be miserable when you get into December, and we've seen how bad that field is. It's not the easiest place to walk into and play when the Bears stink. So now, if you're thinking that just to play devil's advocate, let's say that Justin Fields is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL this season. I don't know if I foresee that, but let's say that. So now you have a top 15 quarterback with a decent running game in the cold on that shitty field, and you have to walk into their December, and the defense is competent-ish. I can see a path to victory there where they're reeling off wins at the end of the season at Soldier Field. Is the defense going to be great on you know, a random turf against the Rams? No, they're going to get their ass kicked. But in certain situations, yeah, I think that they're competent enough. I wouldn't say that they're like a bottom five defense in the NFL. How do you feel about under five and a half wins? I saw that. I think it was under five and a half plus 120. Yeah. Uh, I think that that might be a better bet than, than the minus 190. Like, if we think the Bears are going to stink, like, right, just go you might all, as well just, all in on yeah. them stinking. Yeah. Or like, worst, worst record in the NFL. I don't know what that is, but like, that's how I would play it. If, if you're going to go and bet on the Bears, I would not do the under six and a half minus 190. I would go to the full right. extremes. Right. Yeah, I agree. Is there anybody on the Bears that's like an interesting fantasy piece for you or someone that's not being talked about? Uh, it would probably be Khalil Herbert. I, I think that he's a better running back than uh, – uh, Yeah, I think I might go as far to say he's a better running back than David Montgomery. Um, I think Montgomery's I like just that. been there. He's been there long enough that he's just you know been the mainstay of the offense. But if you look at the production of Khalil Herbert when Montgomery wasn't there or when he seeded touches, like Khalil Herbert was just a more effective running back. So – He's more explosive. He has better hands. Um, I think there's going to be a good chance that he could be actually a pretty valuable fantasy pickup um, this season. So I, I would use him as one of those. If you're either punting RB or, you know, you're looking for those high valuable upside guys, Khalil Herbert's definitely fits that mold. All right. Why don't we close the podcast with this, what we've been doing for every division, uh, division MVP and LVP. Why don't you go first with MVP? MVP. Oh, MVP. Justin Jefferson. I That's, think he's going to it's it's got to be Justin. Like, I, I think the world knows that he's going to have a very good season. And um, I'm just buying into the hype, man. Like, I, I don't think Cooper Cup is going to be as explosive as he was last year. He's got Allen Robinson to compete with some targets. Um, Devontae Adams is in a new situation. Jamar Chase, I think his. T Higgins could probably be a, a little bit better this year. So that might, might, might bring down his numbers a little bit. So I just think that this is ripe for the op for opportunity with Justin Jefferson doesn't have to compete for a lot of targets. And Adam Thielen's another year older. Irv Smith's already out. KJ Osborne, not really a threat. This dude's going to be peppered with targets. So he's going to be, he's going to be a beast. I think that there's a good chance that Justin Jefferson has more targets than like Michael Thomas did when he had like 150 receptions. Yeah. It could be that sort of season for Justin Jefferson this year. Um, I had Jefferson or Rogers as the MVP Rogers for obvious reasons. He's yeah. still fucking Aaron Rodgers. He still, he still owns won, this division. <laughs> yeah, he still won two MVPs back to back. Devonte Adams gone. Yeah, sure. But maybe that's even more of a reason for Rogers to be MVP. Let's see what he can do without Adams in the lineup. Exactly. And Jefferson, exactly what you said for obvious reasons. LVP. I, I didn't know where to go with this one. <laughs> Do you got anything? LVP. Uh, 
man, I want to pick someone on the Bears, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't have it. Um, shit, least valuable player, man. This is tough, man. This is tough. Um, oh, who's gonna take a step back and be complete shit? I guess I gotta go, David Montgomery. I like that. That's a good call. If we, th- if you're gonna buy all in on Khalil Herbert, that Montgomery's gonna take a step back. I like that. The first thing that came to my mind was uh, the Packers GM Gutekunst because they traded away Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but he's but not a player. He could be a genius. We'll see. And then, yeah, and then my second one was Ryan Poles for not doing anything to help out Justin Fields. <laughs> but first year walking in, like he's just trying to get the the house in order at this point, so it's kind of yeah. hard to blame him for doing whatever he had to do. Um, Lions defense. I guess I'll pick up one player because it all comes down to the secondary for me at least. So yeah. Jeff Akuda. Are you are you gonna exist this year, Jeff Akuda? Number three <laughs> former pick. He missed last year with a bum knee. First year yeah. he was the worst uh worst cornerback in football. So time to put up or shut up as a former number three pick here. And uh yeah, I don't know if he gets it done. And if he doesn't, this lion's over six and a half, probably dead. So Okuda, yeah. you're a watch as my LVP this season. <laughs> Kind of weird oh. to pick a quarterback there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, forgot to, to mention, I, wasn't there reports that David Montgomery was playing on special teams? Like, yeah. And do you see today Antonio Gibson also? I think this is like the new thing with like, you're like pseudo demoted. It's like he ran one punt, punt return back. Dude, that just can't be good. I'm willing to get to sacrifice you on probably one of the most dangerous plays is fielding a punt. Yeah, that's how that's that's your standing in this organization right now. I mean, the free for all between both of those guys is is very been has been really interesting to watch because are you I mean, are you at the point now where it's like it's value? He fell too far. Like, I got to take him or it's like I, I got to stay away. Like, read the tea leaves like this. ain't This ain't it. Or you, you get the next guy. I don't know. I feel like for Montgomery, I would probably if he gets if he keeps dropping, I'd probably be like, OK, screw it. I'll take him. Even though, but I would probably try to get Herbert later and just like right. run it back. Right. But I hate their offensive line. So I don't know. That one's tough. The one that we can talk about on a different podcast, but like the one that I'm fully buying in on, like the drop is Antonio Gibson. Like I think it's over. Okay. But sounds I'm not like, quite. Like we should talk about the NFC East next. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll do the <laughs> NFC. You know what? Screw it. We'll announce that now. We're doing the NFC next. <laughs> NFC East next. Can't wait. Uh, all right. That does it for Gambling with Gold. Episode 95, the NFC North Gambling Preview. We'll be back next week to now preview the NFC East. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, go download the Champions Round app. Get this $10 first deposit bonus by using the code Daily Dozen. We have all sorts of great stuff coming down the road. Heading into the NFL season. Can't wait to do that. And I guess a little final announcement here. Dan and I will be competing uh, in the Circa Contest this year. So our Tuesday and Friday shows will be dedicated to uh, the Circa Lines and what we're going to be betting on. They're in the big millions four contest at Circus Sports. So uh can't wait to get into those picks. I'm so ready for the NFL to be here. I Let's w- go. I want to stop traveling. I want to just get into full D Gen mode, just making like give 4, me my Sundays. <laughs> so I was at a wedding. I'll finish with this story. So I was at a wedding this weekend, got a little sauced up, and I decided I was just gonna start throwing max bets on Dolphins first half money line and Dolphins first half game. Cause I the, the wedding, the music went out for half an hour. I was like. Hey, you know, how do we spice this up? 
So I'm like getting like five people and it's like, we're all going to bet like a hundred dollars on Miami first half money line. Everyone's watching that. <laughs> no one cared about the wedding anymore. That's how you know we're almost in football season. Full D-Gen max bets, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious and awesome because, hey, if you're if the DJ's out on a wedding, man, what are you supposed to do? Max bet. Gamble. Gamble. Yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> Just bet. degenerate gamble. All right. Uh, that does it for the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. Good luck with all your bets this week. See you later.